Asia Pacific Currents. News and labor issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the 24th of August. (laughs) You're listening to Community Radio 3CR and this is Asia Pacific Currents. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Mora. I'm glad that you remembered which month it was. Well, it kind of feels like it's September already. The spring has set in, has it not? No, not really. But anyway, just because there's a bit of sun out there. But um, anyway. Well, isn't that what the transition is? from autumn to spring, from um, winter to spring looks and feels like? Uh, possibly. from uh, <laughs> It's actually winter to spring, not autumn to spring. I, anyway. I corrected myself. I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure if you listen back over the uh, audio, I will, I will you will back. notice that correction. Anyway, um, this is not a um, geography weather weather. Um, broadcast. But anyway, first of all, thanks to Annie and Marcus for another interesting program. So they're breakfast and that music, which I really liked, but I did have to cut it down, cut it short because it was uh, going on, was um, um, Revolution Has Come by Rebel Deers. And maybe, you know, the revolution does take time, doesn't it, uh, Giselle? Maybe that, that, that's have. right. And, and it looks like some forces on our side are cutting it short, in fact, and, <laughs> and actually not allowing it to, to uh, break through. Yes. That's right. So um, anyway, you're, talking, you're listening to Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links. And of course, those uh, details, Giselle. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web or the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so look us up on those social media platforms. But of course, if you want to email us directly, write to aawl at aawl.org.au. And on today's program, we'll have that usual roundup of news um, from the uh, region. But we also have a um, live guest in the studio, don't we, um, Giselle? That's right. Later in the program, we're going to speak to O'Neill Waromi. He is from the Melbourne West Papua Students Alliance. Of course, many of you will have been noticing the recent upsurge in activity and political activity unrest in West Papua, triggered by some comments that the Indonesian police made, some racist comments. Um, But we have seen over a week now, no, just under a week of um, mass protests in the streets. So we're going to find out a little bit more about what's happening there and what the demands are of that uh, uprising. Well, that's a bit much to call it an uprising, but let's call it an upsurge in, activi- in activity. That is the second part of the show. Of course, first up, always news from around the region. That's right. We start off and we go to China. Unfortunately, another major accident where a group of uh, almost 30 workers were working on a section of the Chengdu Kunming Railway in Ganlu uh, County in the southwest China, Sichuan province, when on Wednesday of last week, a whole section of mountain gave way. The area had experienced heavy rainfall in the last few weeks. Latest reports indicate that at least 
12 people were killed by the landslide, with another five workers still to be, be believed in the, buried in the rubble. Uh, rescuers were able to um, get, get 11 workers uh, out of the landslide alive. In Turkey, there's been more political repression this week. The Turkish government initiated another wave of repression by detaining more than 400 people over alleged links to the Kurdistan Workers' Party. And that is the PKK, for those of you who don't know. And the PKK, obviously, in Australia is... um, a registered terrorist organisation. So in addition to the 400 people that have been detained, three elected Kurdish mayors of the cities of Diyarbakir, Mardin and Van, those are the three cities, the the Kurdish mayors of those cities who had been elected candidates of the left-wing pro-Kurdish People's Democracy Party, the HDP, they were all replaced with state-appointed officials. They were all accused of various crimes, including membership of a terrorist organisation and spreading terrorist group propaganda. Activists see these new wave of arrests as a response by the government to its poor showing in the recent municipal elections. And uh, we now go to India. We're um, following on from recent reports about mass layoffs uh, in the Indian automotive sector, which uh, we brought you over the last few weeks. A new report has indicated that mass retrenchments are set to continue in India. Top biscuit maker Parley, a company that, that, has, that was founded in 1929 and employs around 100,000 workers across more than 100 sites, has said that it will, it will lay off around 10% of its workforce, which is 10,000 workers, due to the slowing economic growth. The company blamed the recent introduction of the GST and higher unemployment uh, in, in India for its problems. Now, interestingly, its main competitor, a biscuit company called um, Britannia Industry Limited, which obviously must have been uh, built during the colonial era. Do you think? <laughs> I just think, yes. Has indicated that is also looking at laying off workers due to lower sales. I think those uh, job the, the increasing reports we're getting of those mass layoffs uh, really is pointing to uh, a global recession. Um, yes. And I... I think that we as an international workers movement need to be ready for our response to that Uh, and I'm not sure that we are ready and that our responses are coordinated. Well of course the next story you're going to be talking about Giselle is about uh, one person's response to it. Yes. (laughs) Pierre loves giving me these stories. Um, We We go now to Korea where another protester has engaged in an aerial protest uh, and on this occasion finds support internationally. A 60-year-old worker, Kim Yong-kui, has been holding an aerial protest atop a CCTV tower at Gangnam Station intersection in Seoul for more than two months now, demanding an apology from Samsung for its suppression of union activities. Kim has been joined by another terminated Samsung worker, Lee Jae-yong, who is holding a sit-in. Over 270 individuals and 55 organisations in 22 countries around the world have formed a solidarity committee and released a statement in support of the actions of these two workers. Part of the statement reads, Samsung's unlawful and inhuman efforts to bust unions through kidnapping, violence, blandishment, cash incentives and hired thugs are being used to squeeze out the sweat and blood of workers not only in Korea but around the world. Kim Yong-hui and Lee 
Lee Jae-yong, both fired from their jobs at Samsung, stand on the front lines of the struggle to end that vicious cycle, a struggle that we regard as being the nexus of resistance against Samsung's unlawful union busting and its refusal to allow union formation. Of course, in another part of Samsung's operations in uh, Samsung's semiconductor industry, we know that not only is that company engaged in abhorrent union busting tactics, but the health and safety of those workers, which is so, it's not even secondary to the profit incentive of that company, doesn't even feature in a consideration um, and we do know that those workers are currently engaged in uh, litigation um, against Samsung for compensation for the number of um, tumours and bloodborne diseases and deaths that that company has caused. That's right. Uh, it does seem to be a particularly nasty company, Samsung. Um, we now go talking about uh, being sick and uh, being nasty. We now come uh, back to Australia to Tasmania, really, which uh, for our international listeners, it's the little island uh, at the at the south of the mainland, and it's a state of its own. Where um, this week, two manufacturing um, workers employed by uh, Cadbury um, have won a federal court case brought on by the chocolate maker's parent company, the Global Mondelez Group, um, over their sick leave entitlements. And um, people might know Mondelez is actually one of the biggest uh, food-producing uh, companies in the world. Now, um, this issue uh, has became a test case of a, of a company trying to legally undercut the minimum standards for workers in relation to sick leave. Now, in Australia, the minimum uh, standard is that workers are allowed 10 sick leave days per year. So that is the minimum legal standard. Now, for many workers, a standard day of work is 7.36 hours. But for manufacturing workers like um, 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 these ones here in Tasmania at Cadbury, they uh, work 12 shifts, uh, 12 hour shifts in a day. So therefore, the company argue that the workers were only allowed 7.36 hours of sick leave per year which would only amount to just over six work days for these uh, workers on these longer 12-hour shifts. Now, the workers actually um, won their, their case, and so they actually are uh, allowed to have 10 full um, working uh, days of sick leave. But unfortunately, the company is now appealing to the Australian government for a review of these laws so that competitiveness, competitiveness can be maintained. And in Taiwan, last week, the president of the Taiwan Petroleum Workers Union, Zhang Zhe-an, demanded that the Taiwanese government increase a monthly minimum wage from 23,100. Uh, what is the currency of Taiwan? Um, That's a very good question. I don't... Um, so the local yuan? I, I, I have to publicly declare my, my ignorance There here. we go. For listeners, we apologise for that. We'll come up with that before the end of the program. But we're looking at about $750. US um, So the campaign is around the increase of the monthly minimum wage from about $750 US to about $930. US Zhuang went on to say that the average real wage growth in the past 10 years for workers has been zero. 
Sluggish economic growth, increased casualisation and contracting out, and the import of companies uh, by companies of temporary migrant workers on lower wages are the main reasons that wages have remained stagnant. Not surprisingly, the main business leaders have rejected this call as competitiveness needs to be maintained. So. I think there are some very interesting pieces we need to pull together from that um, series of um, news reports that we've provided, particularly this issue of uh, sluggish economic growth, the um, downward pressure on wages as a result, um, and what I talked about as a very likely um, imminent recession that we will, we as workers will bear the brunt of, certainly not the companies and the requirement to fight back. But we don't talk about recession and a worker's response uh, in our discussions in our unions. uh, Political economy is an absent discussion. That's right, and um, a a much-needed discussion. But um, at least in this program, Giselle, we do talk about it, um, at least a little bit. But yes, you're totally right. And the Taiwanese currency is actually called the New Taiwan Dollar. So there you go. Um, we now go to our last item. We, we come back to um, Australia, where um, hundreds of people on bridging visas and temporary visas protested outside the Home Affairs Department in Sydney um, last week against the continuing use of temporary visas for people to be found uh, to be refugees in Australia. Around 30,000 people are in Australia on temporary protection visas, so-called TPVs, and save haven enterprise visas called chevs which only grant three to five years residency people on these visas have limited access to social security benefits health care counseling and work rights although some chev holders must study or work in regional australia so and obviously this group of people are some of the most exploited workers because obviously um, many times they have to work in the underground economy Um, And so they're uh, really open to super exploitation. Since last year, the government has been stripping support services from the holders of the six months bridging visas, prompting warnings it would send some into destitution and homelessness. Temporary visa holders often end up in the worst jobs in terms of paying conditions due to their precarious residency status. In addition, they have no capacity to reunite with their families and must ask permission to travel to other countries. And really, this is part of the really global uh, ongoing repression of uh, um, asylum seekers, refugees and temporary migrant workers. It's just on um, 15 past 9 o'clock here on Asia Pacific Currents, uh, brought to you every week by Australia Asia Workerlinks on your favourite community radio station. We'll go to a couple of community announcements and that um, we'll be back with uh, um, O'Neill Waromi and uh, West Papua. 3CR are selling kefir Palestinian scarves in support of the last factory that produces them in Hebron, Palestine. All profits will be donated to the reconstruction efforts in Gaza and support Palestinian industry. These are traditional scarves available in red and black, or you can choose from a modern design. Go to 3cr.org.au slash shop to buy online or drop into the station during business hours. 
3CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. It is 17 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. We're joined by... Uh, O'Neill Waromi, he is from the Melbourne West Papua Students Alliance. Thank you so much for coming in this morning. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me here. Obviously, we want to talk about and find out a little bit more about what's happening on the ground in West Papua. Over the last week, we saw an eruption of political activity, lots of um, people in the streets and not leaving the streets. We understand that what triggered it was some racist comments by uh, the police, the Indonesian police um, on the ground in West Papua. But they're always racist. Why? What was the spark this time? Oh, so uh, the chronology of the story actually started. It started from after the bombing. Yes, so it happens in um, Central Highlands area in West Papua, called Nduga. So yeah, um, they're actually seeking for the Liberation Army, but they couldn't find the Liberation Army, and then they start to, you know, attacking the, the village because. What's hap- uh, the villages? You know, um, they get because they can distinguish which one is Liberation Army and which one is the villages uh, who live in Duga region. So, yeah, um, yeah, that that's a discrimination actually. You know, because they know that uh, the one who fighting and the villages are the same. They were, we are we are Papuans. We are the indigenous who you know asking for our land rights and sovereignty. And yeah, start from there. There is no. Actually, 180 people passed away, and no international NGO interventions. And as a students, we we see it as a as, I don't know. It's it's a brutality, police and military brutality to our people, to West Papuan people. So, some of the students uh, uh, start uh, doing peace, peace protests to uh, asking Indonesian government to allow say um NGO or other international journalists to come cover the story but at the moment still nothing and yeah uh student our students West Papuan students in Malang and in Surabaya uh did a peaceful protest and then it start growing the second one happens on um uh uh uh, protest in 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 Surabaya on on 18 of uh, August 2019, where you know um, they they don't want to celebrate Indonesian Independence Day because it's just that's after 17 of August, which is uh, Indonesian Independence Day, and then another another uh, events that actually build up the students' rage is where uh, a series of deaths of Papuan's Catholic priests. So after the bombing, after, yeah, student student attacks, and then there's another 
um, killings to our our priests, and one of one of the our our father, we look up to him as mm-hmm. our father, um, is our father Nellis the boy. Yeah, so it's build up, it's build up. The rich is there, the rich is there, and then fifteenth of August, uh, the 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 house of the dormitory of our West Papuan students in Malang actually is surrounded by um, the the military, special force, or as we know, uh, the Kopassus Indonesian. And then, like uh, they, w- while they're surrounded, they actually been supported by uh, citizen militia. Uh, they call it Pancasila Youth. Pancasila mm-hmm. Youth is like you know, Pancasila is like fundamental constitution. It's like the nationalist, yeah, and other uh, radical like FBI. It's like a Muslim Defender Front who you know overthrown the previous. Um, uh, governor of Jakarta to jail, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they they surrounding uh, students uh, dormitory and then uh, call them call them monkey, call them dogs. You know, like why you come here? Why you bring West Papua independence movement to our land? But but behind behind this behind why students go to Jaffa is to get better education. You know. Because uh, uh, as I mentioned before, like there's already discrimination and racism embedded in the system. There is no health or education facility that you know f- really good in West Papua. So that's why all the parents, West Papuan parents, send the students to Jaffa. You know. And then while we we very we very welcome people from other side of the country. I mean. As we know, like, uh, yeah, Freeport, one of the biggest gold and copper company in the world, and BP, with one of the biggest oil and gas mm-hmm. reservoir, BP Asia Pacific. So the 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 oil rig, the the underground pit are in West Papua, but you know the 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 main office are in Jaffa. So which definitely um, employ more people from Jaffa than people in West Papua. So like because because they have better education, you know. Mm-hmm. So the cycle's going and on, going on and on and on to benefiting people in other side of the island than us West Papuans and you know the owner of the land. So yeah, things like this, the military regime and you know oppressions to the community sparks the fire. By yeah, by I mean during the riots in. All over the place in West Papua, in Jaipura, in Manokwari, in uh, Sorong, and Timika, like different layers of society actually get it on the street. Uh, the mothers, mm. the, the 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 civil servants, the even even the governor stand up together with the enemy of the state, which is our one of our head of leader, KNPB. KNPB is like um, a national committee of West Papua. Mm. Yes, so he pre- pretty much been, he's the enemy of Indonesia. He's the leader of um, our independence movement in West Papua. Stand together with our governor, West Papua and governor. And then, like, they they... They they stand up together to to work on the street against this, you know, this this discrimination action to our students in Java. 
Can I ask a, yes, a, a yes. quick question? Um, just before Gisela, I can see that she wants to ask questions. So uh, are you saying that within West Papua, there's a lot of understanding between the West Papuan, obviously, that live there, especially in the cities, and the Indonesians that have migrated to West Papua? Yeah, yeah, so much. We were so humble, we're so welcome. The, the, this this, this, this um, um, racial conflicts or religious conflicts only been brought by you know, people who come from outside West Papua. I mean, if we're talking about the massacre in Moluku before, it's all orchestrated by uh, special forces, Kopasus. I mean, same as Istimo as well. Mm-hmm. So we're pretty much, yeah, n- nothing. We never, you know, sparks the fire. It's people from outside. Yes, that's what that's what's happening. So we we, we are really understand. We're very welcome. You know, everybody share on the market. Everybody work in the same, you know, uh, say mining or mm-hmm. a petroleum company, yeah. So the ultimate demand, obviously, is full independence and sovereignty for the West Papuans. Definitely. Um, this cam- this uh, particular upsurge in political activity, though, the demands that are being raised relate to racism. And I understand that racism is the most immediate issue because of the precursor events that led to this particular um, series of protests. What are the demands of this uh, of this particular um, series of protest actions? What needs to be shown or met in order for this round of conflict to resolve? Or is this intending to push through for independence now? Yes, so um, at the time the the military, uh, the special force called the students monkey and dogs, you go out from our land, go back to your to your land, Papua. So the campaign that rising at the moment, people raising the banner and use the monkey as a revolutionary symbol. Mm-hmm. You can see everywhere right now, but at the moment it's 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 very hard to get access there since. Uh, Indonesian Ministry of Telecommunication and um, Technology blocking the internet. Mm. I can't even I can't even uh, talk to my little brother and little sister back home at the moment. And <coughs> yeah, so um, yeah, but start start from the monkey, and then uh, we use the monkey as the symbols, and then very uh, very. Uh, for the for the first for the first demand of us is to to bring those military who you know to justice you know to give them um what do you call it uh trial yeah yeah trial because uh uh they they haven't been you know mm-hmm. put put in uh, bring bring it into justice mm-hmm. since since the first time the action happens on eighteen of august mm-hmm. yeah and then but now. <laughs> More of the students, you know, uh, disappear mm. instead of they bring bring justice to. So there's been disappearances the of of people. Yes, yes. So it start from that. That that's my, our first demand, and the second one is to bring uh, trauma trauma relief and emergency relief to yes, of course, our brother and sister mm. and Duga. 
Mm. Yeah, because uh, 180 passed away already and like thousands already displaced. And the third one gives us self-determination. Yes. Enough is enough. Too much. Too mm. much. Too much for the community. Too much for West Papua. <laughs> and yeah. And are there any upcoming solidarity actions in Melbourne that anybody who's listening who yep. wants to support the struggle for West Papuan independence can get along to? Yes, so um, there will be action in Ballarat, so next two weeks, um, 6th of uh, September. Why so in Ballarat? Oh, um, what's wrong with Ballarat, Giselle? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Just a long way to go. <laughs> well, it, it, it's it's uh, um, supported by the the union. I think union, uh, yeah, in, in Ballarat. Uh, actually, uh, in in my knowledge, is a West Papuan free West Papua campaign growing up from Ballarat first uh-huh. before Melbourne. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so there's that in sixth of September, and if you really want, if you if you cannot attend any activities, you can just you know use your internet. I don't know. There's petition going to um, to put West Papua back to UNC24 decolonization committee. So go decolonisewestpapua.com and you'll find our petition there. Wonderful, O'Neill. Thank you so much no for worries. your time on the program today. So, listeners, go to decolonisewestpapua.com for news, information, and updates on supporting that struggle. We are virtually out of time, Pierre. Um, Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, We will be back next Saturday from 9 o'clock with more news and current affairs from the Asia-Pacific region. But that's all for Asia-Pacific Currents today. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Morat. And you were listening to O'Neill (coughs) Waromi from the Melbourne uh, West Papuan Student Alliance about the issues around uh, that are happening in West Papua. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be back next week. Stay um, listening to 3CR Radio and Palestine Remembered coming up right now. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.